This podcast was brought to you by Zinc. Zinc is an all-in-one background and reference checking software that supercharges the capabilities of ambitious HR and hiring teams. Our range of integrated solutions turn bad to brilliant, saving weeks of team time all while building brand love. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups, the show for growing businesses moving at the speed of light. I'm your host, Sophie Power. Welcome back to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups. I'm your host, Sophie Power. The winter blues are firmly setting in uh, with the slog of January over. The dark nights aren't quite done yet uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more daylight in the evening. So today I'm very excited to introduce this episode's guest, the wonderfully warm Ruth Penfold-Brown. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sophie. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And for those unfamiliar with Ruth's work, she is a talent and people leader turned people consultant and executive coach. She specializes in helping humans build more human companies and cultures. Um, So really interesting topic, I think, development and learning for those in scale up and startup businesses um, is often often organic and on the fly. I've been there, Ruth's been there. I'm sure a lot of you listening have been there and are probably nodding along going, yep. So in today's episode, I would like to touch on how how coaching can be part of of learning and development in scale-up businesses. And for those unfamiliar with it, uh, explain a little bit more about the support it can provide in a fast-paced professional environment. So welcome, Ruth, and thank you very much for joining for those listening, I've given a tiny little introduction, but for those listening who aren't familiar with you and your work, would you like to just quickly introduce yourself and say a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I mean, I've spent about 20 years now in the pupil space. Um, I was a headhunter for a number of years, and then I went in-house with Shazam. Um, and on, after that, sort of carrying on with recruitment for a bit, I then moved into a broader people role um, with Onfido, who are a fintech um, fintech company, identity verification, and then finally with BP Launchpad, who are the investment arm um, or an investment arm of BP. So BP's uh, essentially investing in new energy businesses, and and we were investing in a portfolio of companies there, and so. I kind of reached the point at at that moment where I kind of worked my way up through the ranks of organizations, hoping that I would get there and unlock the key to kind of organizational effectiveness and amazing cultures and da 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 da. And actually, um, it's pretty hard work, whichever way you slice it. But after getting there, I kind of went a different way and thought, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and look at how I build cultures better. I'm going to take a step back and become a coach. I I just completed a coaching qualification at the time. And so from that moment on, I've been working with um, either businesses directly. I've also been building out 
programs on how to create a culture of innovation um, with, uh, with a sort of partner organization that I work with on that Aspire. And then I've been coaching a lot of people one on one and advising companies too. So everything is around really, I guess the common thread is um, learning how to be ourselves better so that we can show up better for the world around us. And by doing that, build amazing companies where people thrive. Amazing. No, that sounds really cool. Um, thank you for for talking through that. And um, yeah, so as, as you've mentioned, you've worked in, in people operations for a range of cool companies, including Onfido, who we work with at Zinc for our identity verification. Uh, that, that wasn't uh, intentional, uh, but sort of quite quite a nice link, actually. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yep, uh, Luke and Charlotte, my co-founders, will be pleased. <laughs> so for those listening, um, fun fact, uh, I actually uh, interviewed to be in Ruth's team at Onfido about six years ago. Um, so long time, long time ago. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's quite, quite exciting to be able to sit down and, and sort of record a, a podcast episode together. But um, as, as your career has evolved, um, when did you first sort of turn to coaching as an idea and, and sort of what drew you to take that, that first course when you were at BP Launchpad? Right. Well, honestly, it was a it was a little tap on my shoulder or rather a voice from within for years and years and years that I ignored. My experience of coaching actually came in 2010, where I was very fortunate. Uh, my first experience where I was very fortunate that I was working for a company at the time where I knew that stuff was wasn't right for me and I didn't know what wasn't right. So I was talking to my boss at the time, a chap called Porter Keen, and I said, hey, um, things aren't right for me right now. Um, I think I'm having some sort of a, I mean, I just turned 30, Sophie. So I was like, maybe I'm having some sort of crisis, uh, like sort of, I was calling it a quarter life crisis optimistically, but let's call it that. <laughs> and he said, okay, um, you need to see my, co- you need to talk to my coach. And at the time, because of my circumstances, I couldn't afford to see a coach. Um, and he said, "It's no, I'm going to pay for, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to pay for you to do that. Amazing. I went to see that person expecting to talk about my career. Yeah. And she asked me um, the most powerful question that I didn't quite pick up at the time. I ran away for, at the time. She asked, when was the last time you felt joyful? Ooh, that's a good one. Now, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a happy person. What do you mean? And I, I kind of went away in that kind of like, what do you mean? No, 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 no. And then I went away. And something deep within me went, you know what? She's right. And I'd gone in there thinking I looked at my needed to look at my career. I needed to look at the relationship that I'd chosen. I needed to look at the life that I'd chosen. And so that then, it didn't happen right away, just to be clear to our listeners, but that was the beginning of the great unraveling of myself, um, where that led to me three months later, leaving my ex-husband, starting my life over again, starting to rebuild myself also financially, because as you probably heard from, I couldn't afford to see a coach, right? I was in a bad situation. And so that was the beginning of me changing my life. And I've since seen different coaches and experience, but I mean, literally coaching changed my life, right? So 
now having experienced coaching in lots of different ways, I saw how powerful it can be when you take a human and help them to see that they are probably the person who is getting in the way of them living the kind of life that they could be living. I'm sorry, folks. I know we want it to be someone else's fault, <laughs> but usually it's us. It was me that put myself in a prison of my own making. It wasn't anyone else. And so it was also me that could set myself free. So really my mission is to set up, keep setting, helping people to set themselves free. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that. And um, I'm, I'm feeling uh, a little called out there. Um, I, I am at the time of recording 33. I started seeing a coach uh, this time last year, so when I was 32. And um, similarly, starting to get the impression that actually there are, there are things I really enjoy, things I need to change, but the common denominator in everything was me. Um, so I did, uh, folks watching, um, the video playback probably noticed me going, right. Yep. <laughs> <You were> saying- <laughs> so yeah, that felt, that felt, that felt very familiar. I felt, uh, yeah, a little, little, little scene there. Um, but yeah, I think from my own experiences with coaching, it's, it really powerful in helping you to, to, um, unblock, uh, sort of where you need to go. I started to feel that that similar kind of am I going in the right direction mm. have I just been I think the the pandemic sort of you you had to go with the flow um yeah. and do what you needed to do um it you know wasn't the easiest time but then coming out of that cool what's next so I found it very very helpful to sit back and think you know work's not the only thing that we do in life um yeah. but it's still a huge part of life it's very important to to enjoy what we're doing what do you enjoy about your job and it was very helpful to work through that with somebody um a a wonderful coach who also had a very strong HR background so very topical and and helpful um from that perspective as well but yeah it uh, did make me laugh when you said that actually because I was like oh that feels very very familiar um for sure and I think as well um sort of onto Moving on to my my sort of next point is that something I've noticed in recent years is that coaching appears to be more available to a wider audience than ever before. Um, I think it very much started out as sitting in the the C-suite exec space, but with folks like yourself and um, companies like More Happy, so that's uh, like a coaching company that Zinc have been using for all of our team to access coaching for all kinds of things which is fantastic we've been using it for about a month now um and they can access professional coaching um parental coaching relationships self um which I think is brilliant um but I'm noticing yeah coaching is becoming more accessible than than ever before and I'm wondering Ruth why do you think that is yeah, I mean, I think I think we have been and are undergoing a bit of a sort of human awakening. Um, I think that some of us may have thought, oh, wow, we're going to, this is going to move really quickly and we're all just going to be in a better place um, during the pandemic. But actually, I would say that we're still in that process of unlearning versus learning which is way more important right and and so I think but I think that the pandemic has played a big role in fast tracking where we are 
so we're not there, but but we're kind of further along along than we might have been otherwise. Um, I think that the pandemic helped us to see one another's humanity and to start to encourage one on one another in to a level of honesty that we hadn't quite encouraged one another to. So I think humanness at work has become more normalized and celebrated. And I actually, I'm going to go out there and say, I think tech businesses have done a lot of work on this. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot that's wrong with tech companies in the way that we we put, we put push people towards burnout. We overdo, we feed this sense of not being, enough, like we'll get onto that, right? But what tech companies have done is really set a new bar for other companies by actually embracing this humanness because tech companies were seeking to have, create humans that were able to perform really well in their companies really, really fast. So they kind of went, let's embrace coaching, right? So I think I think that, um, you know, there are other industries who've done that too, but obviously we are more in that world. So we see it more closely and that's where we've seen this kind of opening up. Um, so I think that, um, you know, with all of that, I guess, evolving humanity and embracing of humanity, um, you know, therefore that's how there's been more coaching startups. There's been more coaching platforms. So coaching is becoming more accessible. And these days, you know, you can, you can coach, you know, you can find a coach and you could pay, a complete the complete range for a coach up to hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars right uh, to see a coach but there are very affordable coaching options is that they it only becomes affordable in your brain when you can start to see the value in the money that you're going to be spending right um because you have to start there is a journey that the brain has to go on to be like oh you know what that is a worthwhile investment of my money um, rather than, no, I'd like to buy that bottle of wine instead, or I'd like to go out for dinner instead, right? Or whatever, whatever is the trade, right? So I think it is more accessible. And I think lots more companies are actually bringing it to their humans too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. If you're not ready to embrace it and go on that journey, it almost doesn't matter how much it costs because you're not you don't place that value on it and whether it costs 20 pounds uh or 200 pounds um you have to be ready to to make the most of it similar similar in a way to to think about physical health and a gym membership um she says uh knowing how often she makes the most of of her gym membership um (laughs) i think there's been a bit of a I don't know. Would you? I'm, I might be a little bit, a uh, little bit off here, but would you say that there's been sort of quite a common misconception that coaching is something for really senior executives, um, or have you seen that change over over recent years? I would say I've seen that change over recent years, but if you have a limited budget within an organisation you are going to prioritize probably coaching your leaders um, and rightly so, arguably. Sorry, folks. But I mean, the the fish rots from the head, (laughs) right? 
So if you if your leader is working in a toxic way, uh, your organization is probably going to have a toxic culture. So unfortunately, it is does make more sense. You know, as a former chief people officer, I can tell you it makes like I would prioritize the leaders having coaching over everybody else. But ideally, I would also like everybody else to have the opportunity for that, too. So, you know, if if you're in an organization that maybe can't afford coaching for everybody, maybe there's an opportunity to bring coaching practice into how you show up together. Right. And, you know, there's there's always things that we can take into our way of being within an organization that can make us um, more coachish. Because what I love about coaching the most, Sophie, is that coaching assumes that you are resourceful and whole and that you are capable of solving your own challenges. A yeah. coach's role is really only about, um, uh, you know, asking the right questions, yeah. helping you to gain access to a part of you that you have maybe forgotten or maybe yeah. are ignoring, right? Which is your intuition. Yeah. And your intuition is always there. Some of us are more connected to it or than others, but most of us have probably lost connection to it at some point. Because the truth is, we always know what we need, really yeah. deep down. Um, but one of the hardest things as a coach is that actually, uh, as humans, we want someone to tell us what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah, I know that, but just tell me. But whereas actually the power in coaching is that I'm not here to tell you what to do. Yeah. You're going to tell yourself what to do. I'm just going to ask you the right questions. So my point in sharing all of that is that actually anybody can be a coach, right? We can be coached to each other if yeah. we learn how to listen and ask the right questions. And we can develop beautiful thought partnerships with, with unqualified coaching partners yes. who listen to each other and help each other to uh, listen to ourselves and tap into the wisdom that's already in us on kind of where we need to go next. Yeah, I've worked in businesses with toxic leadership. I've touched on that in other other episodes. Um, so for example, with the wonderful Abby Adamson, um, folks, if you're interested in listening back to that one as well. And the the impact of it is, you know, we talked about the impact of it. It's uh, it, it follows you for a long time. And I think bringing maybe it's because I've had I had coaching between my last role and my current role here at Zinc. It was something that I'm much more mindful of in the way that I, I sort of have discussions with our chief of staff, for example, and the way that that we work together is, you know, probably the most collaborative I've I've been Um in a role um but even so like I started very coming from contracting back into a perm role for the first time in a very long time so very keen to keen to please keen to fill fill roles constantly go this is what I've done this is what I've done sort of feeling that need to to justify and prove yourself um and then actually quite interesting having conversations with our chief staff and going actually slow down a bit (laughs) what do you want to get out of this role what you know what do you what do you want to learn what do you want to grow and and sort of do and and it's interesting it was a thinking back actually was a coaching kind of practice because I knew the answer I knew what I wanted to learn what I wanted to do in in my role and what Mm -hmm. I wanted to grow but 
it's just opening up and, and facilitating that conversation. But I think anybody who's who's listening to this and, and leading a team and is, is wondering where to start, I think that's a great way to start if you don't have the resources. And I'm a big fan of, you know, well, scrappy startup background. So I'm a big fan of, you know, what what hacks can you kind of take away and, and use today um, without having to ask the budget? And I think that's definitely one of them. So I think it's a really good point. And, and thank you for, for talking through that. Um, so moving moving on to, to the next thing, and I'm really excited to, to hear more about this and, and talk about it, um, is that you have actually recently launched Bloom, which is a coaching program for female identifying professionals to accelerate their leadership potential, which I think is wonderful um, as a sort of wannabe uh, future is chief talent officer the right word? Maybe I can make that a thing if it's not. Um, yeah, it's really a thing for some companies. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it just comes with the territory with a surname like Power, but you just you just want to go for it. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's it's really exciting. Um, and you know, I I've worked in a couple of female-founded businesses as well, which um, I you know used to work for LV. Um, had a complete fangirl moment when I met Dr. Tanya Bowler for the first time, um, and was a stammering wreck. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, working with a, a female founder now, the wonderful Charlotte Hall. Um, so I think programs like this are, are fantastic. Um, mm. So thank you for for sort of creating it and, and bringing it, and I think it's a perfect time for such a program. And something that's that's really needed, especially with International Women's Day on the horizon. So, what what drew you to building it? Oh, uh, so what I would say, really, so I mean, biggest of all would is um, well, it's a few things. It's my my own journey, my own, you know, like my own experiences. You know, there was a lot of time that I spent working ridiculous hours being skipped for promotion, not being paid what I thought, what, what I should have been paid and running myself ragged with a kind of to-do list that seems to go on forever and feeling like I need to quit. And uh, as you probably hear, heard in my own journey, um, you know, like I tried lots of different things. I tried, I, I worked with different coaches. I was mentored. I read a lot of books. Um, but it was it. What was hard about that is you have to take information from a lot of sources. But gradually over time, I managed to learn a sustainable way of being, and and I embraced my values and started to live in an aligned way. I built confidence and I learned how to speak up in meetings without being afraid of getting something wrong. I learned how to self advocate and champion my own career. Um, I learned how to work sustainably and make sure that I wasn't burning out. And, and most important of all, I built my relationship with myself to that of a true and forgiving friend versus this sort of evil foe that was just sh throwing shade at me all the time. Um, but really I learned if, if anything goes wrong, I'm flexible enough and res resourceful enough and resilient enough to be able to figure out a path, right? So, so it came from my, that experience, then coaching people on the same things over and over again. And I coach a lot of men as well as women. And I can see that the men are much a easier, it, the men find it easier to apply the coaching 
than women do and sometimes can actually move faster. I'm sorry to my sisters. I'm sorry. It's a fact. But it's like, why is that? Right? What is getting in the way? And then honestly, you. so this is, I'm building a recipe here, Sophie, as you can probably tell. You add into that, then I felt rage. I am now live in America. In America, women's rights are being taken away and uh, with the abortion rights. And I know, uh, so, so, so first of all, rage as a woman, rage for women around the world who are being oppressed. Uh, then you add in stats like we're still only 24% of the top table of organizations, and that's only 4% for women of color. Um, uh, 40% of us are on a fast track to burnout right now and considering quitting our jobs. Um, and I see so many women self-censor, hold ourselves back and waiting patiently for these pay rises and promotions, being told next time it's your turn, next time it's your turn. And I know that because I've experienced it too. And so so Bloom was born out of those things. And it is literally the, the most the most aligned I've ever felt in building something because I know that what I'm pulling together is my own lived experience and the brilliant tools that I found along the way. It's from my coaching training and from the the things that I've learned as a, uh, a, a, but it's also from everything in my career. And the fact that I have had to learn to do this too, right? I wasn't always confident. I wasn't, I didn't always love myself. I didn't always believe in myself. So I know that I am supremely qualified to help other women to learn to be those things too. And so therefore, yeah, I'm so, I'm so proud of it, as you can probably tell. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've just, uh, the first cohort is now live and, and I'm really excited to, this is the bit, the beta round that we're in right now. Um, but I'm very excited to kind of learn and perfect. And then I'm aiming for the next cohort to be uh, launching in around April, May time this year. Yeah. Amazing. That's really exciting. Um, and yeah, again, quite a lot rings true. I I hear it. And um, I don't, I think I've, I've got a little way to go yet, but I'm getting there. Um, but certainly it's, it's been a, an interesting change in, in sort of attitude. And yeah, I've, I've definitely have my own lived experience of, of asking for pay rises and being told not right now um, or, no, no, not your turn yet, um, for sure. Um, so that is that is really cool. And um, what? So, so thinking about the next cohort that's coming up, um, if if people are, are listening um, and are interested and want to to learn more, what what can folks signing up to the Bloom program expect from you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so look, it's a six week program. Uh, there's 90, a 90 minute workshop every week. And then at the moment, there's an additional sort of 60 minute coaching group session too. Um, I say at the moment, because we'll see what this first cohort feels. <laughs> it might change. They might be like, um, but look, in terms of energy, you can expect honesty. You can expect vulnerability. You can expect sisterhood. You can, but you can also expect tools and frameworks and actionable stuff. Um, it is something to do if you feel like you're ready to grow. 
If you feel like you're ready to grow, because I'm going to get you to do stuff each week, I'm going to get you to activate what you're learning, right? So this isn't something that you that you should join if you're feeling passive about your growth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. proactive process, folks. Yeah, um, exactly. you, yeah. You learn and you you grow by doing uh, for sure. And I think I got a lot of benefit from the elements of of sort of like right what have you done um what are you going to do with with my own coach when I worked with with her this time last year and um, if I'm holding my hands up and holding myself accountable I probably there's parts of the practice that I need to get back into um certainly on sort of the more creative elements outside of work um I'm definitely very guilty of throwing myself into into work and, and getting buried in it um but I think if you're ready to be proactive and, and really kind of grab the opportunity, I think coaching can be really, really exciting for, for unlocking. Like if you're feeling, I felt quite, I don't know if you find a lot of people that you work with feel like this way, but I felt quite um, like blocked and stuck and like, mm-hmm. where do I, I know I want to go somewhere. <laughs> but you don't know where to go. Yeah. No, Exactly. And we tend to deal with anxiety in a couple of ways, right? So we are, um, we can either overdo (laughs) or underdo, right? And we can do both those things at different times, right? So what you just described, first of all, is we, if we feel anxious, and this is something that I used to do a lot of, I would overwork and overgive and overprepare so that I made sure that I was kind of mitigating any potential things that could go wrong, right? But another one that we don't probably talk about enough is underdoing, right? We think, oh, I'm not being productive enough or I'm being lazy or something like that. But procrastination is the brain trying to keep us safe from stuff, right? So the brain is going, hey, I'm going to give you a legit reason why you shouldn't focus on this right now and that you should do this other thing. Because I can guarantee that the thing that it's making you procrastinate away from is probably a little bit unsafe or a little bit scary. It's maybe pushing you outside your comfort zone. Um, so, you know, that is that is something that, that many of us struggle with in different ways and different days. In building my course at the end of last year, I had to be like the procrastination police because I'm doing something that's big and scary as much as I'm aligned and passionate about it. So I had to make sure that I created the perfect, the perfect environment so that I wouldn't be like, oh, let me just get distracted and let my brain just bounce over here and let my brain just bounce over there. Um, The other thing though is perfectionism. So this is something that's particularly bad amongst the sisterhood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, the way that we've been socialized in the world, I just wanna say to my brothers out there, you are socialized in ways that hold you back and disable you too, just, just as much as we are, but that I am on the sisters for the minute. Um, but the perfectionism, we are, you know, as children, we, we, we're socialized to be good and to work hard and to wait for somebody to notice. And that perfectionism is baked into us. You know, you have to be, you have to have a perfect house. You have to have a perfect life. You have to have a perfect job you have to show up perfectly to work and I know I know for men that showed up in a different way but but actually one of the most powerful things that we can learn to do is to just be get stuff wrong (laughs) to show things to people before they're completed 
um, you know, to share our ideas. Uh, but the only way we're going to create that environment is by creating the safety, which is probably something that you and Abby talked about a lot, is by creating environments that feel safe in us. It's safe enough, rather, for us to share those ideas and know that we're not going to be shamed for them. And that's, that is where like all of this stuff comes in together. So yes, we've got work to do as human beings ourselves, but within the environments, within the teams, within the families, within the relationships we participate in, we have a responsibility to learn a non-shaming way of being so that we can then create a space for others to share their wild ideas to, to share their half-finished projects so that we can then start to create the space to learn and grow together. And that's something that we're horrible at doing today. <laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if you're just, you just have got a little wire and uh, are in my head. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> literally towards the, towards the end of 2022, I was working all, all through the year, I've been working on this this sort of data project. So I joined Zinc as, as number 10. So uh, there was no, not really any data for like recruiting people, talent, anything, because there just weren't enough people for it to be really that useful. So I started gathering it. And then <clears throat> I kept mentioning that I was working on this thing to uh, Sam, the chief of staff, and just saying, yeah, I've been working on it. And then I realised I wasn't sharing it with him because I wanted it to be ready. I wanted it to be perfect before uh, I was ready to show him. Uh, so I was sort of almost, almost like jealously guarding like my my little my little data baby. Um, and I wasn't happy to to sort of go, here it is. What do you think? Um, and eventually, I just had to. I realised what I was doing um, and just went, "What am I doing?" And I just sort of did that. Hit send there you go let me know what you think um and <laughs> I just I, I sort of right afterwards then immediately Sam picks up the phone starts having a conversation with me and goes this is great thank you for sharing it it's, it's been good to see you know what you've been working on I've got some ideas about how we can make it better here's how we can feed it into to this dashboard and, and make it really useful and I was just like why, did, why didn't I do that like six months ago well well why, why, why was I holding myself back there? Uh, you see what I mean about the coaching practice, um, needing to get a little bit more mindful with it. And uh, yeah, it's it's that perfectionism thing. And it, it really, really can hold you back. Um, so I would encourage anyone to, you know, I do it with emails as well. I don't know about you. If I'm writing an email, it has to be perfect. I try really hard to, again, over, over prepare, cover every possible reaction. Anyone could probably have a little bit of that might be, uh, sort of my my neurodivergence kind of kicking in as well but I, I just I, I was procrastinating over preparing whatever you want to call it on this email yesterday that I was working on and just thought so if you just send the email you can't control how other people react to you whether you like it or not um, and I think that's something that I think I think it affects men too I do um, but I obviously don't have the experience there but as a as a woman I think that is something we are very mindful of um, because yeah, as you said, we've been socialized to be that way and manage other people's feelings, um, and worry less about our own. That's it. We're very used to leaving parts of ourselves behind to maintain connection with others. 
right? And and particularly if you have learned to be hyper hyper alert, which which I am too, right? So hyper alert for the reactions of others, and you know, curating yourself around your environment, um, which is to a degree what we're doing with those emails too. But you're absolutely right. Really, I mean, I think. Look, I can't sit here and say that it, it ever all goes away. But what I can say is that in a but by having the kind of awareness that you're you're building, um, and that I've I'm building, then you can go hold up. What's going on here? We are so for me. I do it with my husband. I'm like, hang on, my the people pleaser in me wants to d- do something around you. I need to pick something else. So I'm just going to own that with you, and then let's make sure that I'm not over you know over indexing towards you and that we're meeting in the middle right and if it's an email situation then it's like oh send the email hold on you know stop stop trying to curate yourself around the other person's reaction yeah yeah you can't you can't control it and uh you can get uh you can get stuff done uh, a lot faster when you stop as well. Yeah. You like I sort of just went right. Let's just write the the darn emails and went bum 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 and just thought. Yeah, I've literally been putting off like one of the messages I've been putting off for about five days, and I just thought, there yeah. we go. Right, it's done now. Um, no, that's it. That's it. You just have to send it. And every tiny thing that we do that feels or. Oh, it builds the muscle of confidence and self-belief and all that sort of stuff, right? Because the more times now that we start to build our case study experience, our lived experience of sharing work when it's not finished and getting a good response, of you know sending an email that's kind of okay and the person just replying normally and it's fine, but it's only by doing that and then building that muscle that we go, you know what, I'm okay, you know? And then gradually, before you know it, you'll turn around one day and be like, look at that fantastic person in the mirror. Isn't she amazing? Wow, she's so intelligent and great. And she has so much to bring to every meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and that's what and that's what we want to see. And, and yeah. I suppose what, what the aim of, of your coaching program is, hopefully. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly right. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. It sounds really exciting. Um, and I think there's definitely a real need for things that are catered to uh, or suited to um, ambitious and wannabe. Uh, I, I use that term really reluctantly. I'm talking about myself here, aren't I? Uh, wannabe uh, leaders as well, because I think if you don't necessarily have a, a role model, it's, it's quite tricky to know kind of where do you even start um, with, with sort of a professional career or, um, you know, kind of moving up the ranks. If you don't have somebody to, to kind of take you under their wing and go, right, I'll, I'll show you the ropes. You've got to you've got to go find your own, um, which is quite tricky. So I think programs like this have a a really important role to play in in sort of giving women those tools. Yeah, I hope so. And and I call it a leadership accelerator for a reason, right? Because it's about it's about uh, you know it's absolutely about self leadership, but it's also about you know how we show up to others as well too. So therefore, it it can be applied whether you whether you are a new leader. Who, who maybe is in a role that you feel like you shouldn't be given because you're full of imposter syndrome or, you know, whether 
whether you are an aspiring leader and somebody that, that would like to, be, to step into perhaps a bigger version of yourself, um, or whether you're already leading others, but but feeling like you want to build confidence and and you know sit in those leadership conversations with a little bit more to use your surname, Soph, power, <laughs> um, but definitely authenticity, right? Um, authenticity, uh, as a side note, is a word that gets banded around these days. And I think it's a dangerous one, but it is one that I choose to use in a purposeful way because we are, there's no way that a human being can be truly authentic because there are so many things in society that have and do alter us, right? We are all a product of our experiences and our environments. Therefore, our authentic self, I mean, who even knows who that is, right? But what we can at least be is authentic to who we really are today. And who authentic to who we really are if we are stressed, worried, uh, feeling a bit wonky, um, or like, or just feeling great actually. Like whatever the whatever is authentically showing up for us that day, if we can bring that to others, then we're in our authenticity um, rather than this sort of you know ridiculous goal of being authentic when none of us can ever really be that because you know. There's so many things that change. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's a shifting thing. It changes all the time as well. Um, like how, how you might feel in the middle of summer when the sun's shining and, you know, uh, you've, you've just come back from a beach holiday versus how you might feel in, oh, I don't know, the dead of winter and you're wearing a scarf indoors. Um, <laughs> we're different with different people, right? And that's not because we're inauthentic or not real, but different people spark up different parts of us and light, light us up in different ways, which might mean that we appear slightly different with some people versus others. Um, now, I embrace that because I know that the humans, I need a, a patchwork quilt of humans in my world to light up the different parts of me because I feel like there's so many different parts. <laughs> right? So, like, let's embrace that yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely I think I mean community I've, I've talked about it a lot on this podcast and anybody who's ever interacted with me ever will know community is a, a huge part of of sort of my why and in life and I think that that piece of having lots of of different people contributing to, to yeah your your quilt um if you like yeah. is really important and and I totally get what you mean I've I've got you know I've got I've got people that are pretty much always howling with laughter after you know sort of about 20 minutes or so but often about very different things um and they're all just different parts of of who you are and I think it's nice when you can bring that um uh, you know sort of uh, into your life for sure um cool cool um thank you so much for for talking um for sort of talking through bloom and uh, you know sort of coaching and how you can kind of bring it into your life in general. I know we've, we've actually covered quite a few sort of different elements of the topics as well. Um, for for anyone who's listening, who is interested in coaching or a coaching programme or looking at a coach, maybe, you know, probably for the first time, um, or maybe they've worked with a coach before and perhaps reflecting back, think maybe I didn't make the most of it then. 
what what would you advise or suggest to somebody considering get, getting into coaching um, or, or taking on a coach? Like, what should they be looking for? What should they be thinking about? Okay, so if you're thinking about being a getting into coaching, I would say get a coach. <laughs> so be coached first, and then then explore then explore coaching uh, based on your experiences. So I would definitely start there. Um, but if you're and then if you're looking for a coach. To work with a coach one-on-one, I think the chemistry is essential. Um, You have to feel the right blend of safe enough, but challenged enough that you're actually going to build a dynamic with someone that you're going to get, that will will basically, between you both, will see you getting out of your own way, right? (laughs) If we like someone too much and we're too comfortable, they might not challenge us enough, right? That's what I mean. It's like, a, it's like a heady mix of safety, but also challenge. Um, you could also call it critical friendship. Um, it's something I use a lot in the workplace, which is that we care enough to understand, we care deeply about each other and we understand each other's goals. But we also, um, from that place of love, can go and, you know, like, that's a great idea. And this, what about this thing here, right? So that you're adding to and reinforcing confidence and self-belief and whatever, but also adding that little bit of sort of performance edge, like how can we challenge each other to be better and grow and keep 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 learning? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a critical friendship, so a really good one. Um, and yeah, definitely lots of food for thought there um i think that's probably quite a good note to end on um i think we're we're sort of coming up to to time now i could probably talk all afternoon um, or all morning for you where you are um which i think i say to i think i say to everyone i just talk a lot there we go um (laughs) that's why i'm i'm hosting hosting the podcast there we go so ruth thank you very much for your time i am really excited to see the the bloom program evolve and if folks want to learn more about your coaching practice and potentially working with you they can head to ruthpenfold.com is that correct exactly right and if you want a special download on um how to communicate with conf- uh, with confidence then you can either grab that link on the website or you can head to ruthpenfold.ck.com forward slash confidence and get that free guide so go grab it There's plenty of actionable stuff in there um and I, i'll share that link with you too sophie so that oh, you wonderful. can add it to show notes or something and people can click it oh perfect thank you very much and uh I'll also download it. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. This has been, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed this episode and I think it's it's a really good time. New year, new you. Um, I know everybody sort of starts with intentions in January. By February, things start to fade off. So hopefully this is a nudge for, for folks listening. If you're thinking about getting into coaching, kicking off uh, or sort of starting as you mean to go on in into 2023 then hopefully this has been useful and also thinking about your teams as well so thank you very much for for joining this episode of talent hacks for scale ups ruth it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much i've loved the conversation sophie thank you thank you thank you and thank you for listening folks this podcast is brought to you by zinc Zinc is an all-in-one background and reference checking software that supercharges the capabilities of ambitious HR and hiring teams. 
our range of integrated solutions turn bad to brilliant, saving weeks of team time all while building brand love. Thanks for listening.